We're in Yavamos Kufdalid Omer Aleph, 104a, as we continue on in this parak, in this chapter that discusses the entire process of a chalitza, everything that is involved. Um, and we're up to a new Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Chalitza Belayla, there's two parts to the Mishnah, uh, and it's, uh, there's a dispute within each part. Chalitza Belayla Chalitza Sakchera, Rebelozer Posel. Part number one is, what happens, are you allowed to do chalitza at night? Uh, so the first opinion says that it works. Rabbi Lazar, the second opinion, says it doesn't work. And we'll see exactly in the Gemara what they are arguing about. Bismol chalitza psula Rabbi Lazar machshir. The second part of the Mishnah is that, what happens if the chalitza, the removal of the shoe, chalitza means the removal, the removal of the shoe is with his left foot. It's taking the shoe off of his left foot. So according to the first opinion, that is invalid. That does not work. According to Rabbi Lazar, it does work. It would work. Okay. So the Gemara now first will analyze the first part of the Mishnah about whether it could be done at night or not. Why would you say it could be done at night? Why would you say it can't be done at night? <coughs> Excuse me. And then the Gemara will continue on to discuss uh, the machlokas, the dispute about whether or not uh, you're allowed to use the left foot. So first about whether it can be done at night. So, Lema Bahal Kamiflugi. Maybe they argue the dispute depends on the following. There is a uh, a discussion in the in Mesecha Sanhedrin, the Tractate of Sanhedrin, which deals with uh, all the laws about uh, the court. And it says there that when it comes to uh, the court for monetary issues, uh, you could only have it by day. You can only have it by day. Actually, you could you can only start it by day. You could finish by night, but you can only start it by day. And there's a question as to what the source for such an idea is. And so one opinion says that the source for this really comes from a different area of law. It comes from the Mitzorah. We discussed Saras in, in the previous recording. Um, so the Mitzorah, the way he's determined whether or not he has Saras, he doesn't go to the court, he goes to the Kohen. Uh, but in that context of the Kohen, of going to the Kohen, it has to be done by day. The Kohen has to look at the Tsaras, at this uh, spiritual form of leprosy, this disease. He has to look at it by day. And there is a connection in the Psukim, uh, in the verse, between uh, a monetary issue and of civil law and of Tsaras. And so maybe there's a certain connection and... There, there's a connection found in the verse, and it's there to connect the fact that it has to be done by day. Just like Tsaras can only be seen by, seen by day, so too when it comes to a monetary dispute, it can only be done by day. And maybe that's what they're arguing about here in our Mishnah. Could Chalitza be done at night or not? Well, maybe it's similar to a monetary issue. How is it similar to a monetary issue? Explains Rashi, the classic commentator, explains that it's comparable to a monetary issue because... Uh, once Chalitza takes place, so then she is able to receive her ksuba. She's able to receive the uh, financial, uh, the, the, the financial um, amount that, that she, she deserves uh, from the ksuba, from the agreement that she made with her original husband about the fact that if he dies, so then uh, she gets a certain amount after his death. And so now she's deserving of receiving it after Chalitza takes place. So Chalitza 
an aspect of chalitza is a monetary aspect that has has a direct uh, ramification to monetary issues, and so therefore maybe chalitza can only be done by day, um, and not and not by night. Uh, so if you say that it's connected to tzaras and it has to be done by day, so it can only be done by day. And if you say that it's not connected, so then it, it can also be done at night. And maybe that's what they argue about. The Gemara says, no, we cannot follow that opinion. Look. Gemara says it can't be. It can't be because we really do not follow that position that says that the way we know that monetary issues can only be done by day is from Tzaras. That's not the source. Uh, because if that were to be the source, so we know from elsewhere that the the beginning of the court case has to take place by day, but the end can finish at night. And uh, if you compare it to Tzaras, uh, to going to the Kohen to find out whether or not a person has Tzaras, that would imply that the whole thing has to p- take place by day. Because by Tzaras... None of it could take place by night. But we know that you could at least finish the court case at night. So it must be that there's a separate source. It's not coming from uh, a comparison to Tsaras, but rather it's coming from the verse itself. Uh, there's various psukim. The, the, this is discussed in the tractate in Sanhedrin. There's various verses to prove that it has to be done by day. Uh, but that's only with regards to the beginning of the court case. The end of the court case could take place at night. Um, so the machlokas, the dispute here, whether it could take place at night or not, is chalitza viewed as the end of a process or is it viewed as the beginning of a process? It's a very interesting dispute. Is it viewed as the beginning or the end of a process? Why would you assume one way versus the other? So there are many different explanations that are given. I will just share one explanation. Some want to say that it's viewed as the end of a process. Why? Because she is still connected after the husband's death She's still connected to her husband. The, the reason why she needs chalitza is not to remove the relationship with the uh, new brother-in-law, or, or the brother-in-law, but it's really to end the relationship, the, to, to, to put a, uh, an, a complete stop and end to the relationship with her deceased husband because uh, she goes from being married to her husband, and if she commits adultery, that's a, uh, a capital punishment. Once he dies, and it's a situation of potential yibam, so she's still not allowed to marry anybody else until she does chalitza or yibam. And if she commits adultery, this form of adultery, it's a it's not as severe uh, for a capital punishment, but she, it is a negative commandment. And so it's still, some want to say it's a continuation of that relationship. And so chalitza is really the end. It's really the end of that, and it's not the beginning. Um, and so therefore it's the end, and it could be done at night. Or you could view it as that, no, the, the reason why Chalitza has to take place is because of her new relationship with her brother-in-law. And as such, uh, to end that is, the, is now viewed as the beginning of the process, and so therefore it's, it can't be done at night. The beginning of the process has to take place by day. Okay, so that itself is a, is a very interesting point with regards to Chalitza. The Gemara now has the following story. Rabbi Barchia Katosva. There was a certain rabbi from the times of the Gemara. And so he did a chalitza, and he had uh, three interesting facts about this chalitza that took place. Number one is that he did not use a leather shoe. He used a shoe that was used with, it was a mok. It wasn't really a shoe, it was a cloth uh, that uh, was usually placed uh, under somebody who had an amputated leg uh, to provide support for that part of the leg. So he used that instead of leather shoes. 
Um, number two is that he did it by himself. He was the only judge there. He didn't have any other judges there. And the third thing, the reason why we're mentioning this is because this took place at night. So Shmuel, Amr Shmuel, Shmuel says, Kamarav Govre David Kiyachida. He uh, basically says um, that uh, rhetorically, he says that what? This is such a great rabbi who uh, he's allowed to follow just uh, minority opinions. And he's following minority opinions. And why, why should he be able to do this? How could he do this? So the Gemara says, well, which one of these three did Shmuel have a problem with? We saw that there were three things that he did that was different. One is that he used this cloth. The second one is that he did this alone. The third one is that he did this at night. Umay kasha. If it's about the cloth, so we know that uh, this was actually mentioned already earlier in a, in the Mishnah. And uh, we find a source for it. So we can't be arguing about that. At night, that's our Mishnah. We know that at night, the first opinion says that it's allowed. It can be done at night. So it must be the, the problem is that he did it by himself. He didn't do it with any other uh, judge. And he's following a minority opinion. How do we know? This is based on really the next Mishnah. We didn't really get up to this yet, but it's quoting from the next Mishnah about the fact that there's a minority opinion that says you can have one judge oversee everything. In general, you need three. And there's a minority opinion that says you can have one. Basically, they quote the Mishnah. But the first part of this Mishnah basically says that if you only have two judges, in the end of the day, whether there were only two judges there or there were three and one of them became disqualified, so in the end of the day you have two. So the first opinion says it does not work. You can't have two judges. And uh, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yochanan HaSandalar says that it does work. So there's a dispute about two judges. But then, and this is what, why he's following the minority opinion, Rabbi Kiva says that you could even do it just between the two of them alone. There was a certain case where they did it just between the two of them alone, without anybody else, and he allowed it. And so basically, Shmuel was upset with his rabbi who did it by himself. There was only one judge there, and he said, you're following a minority opinion. You're following Rabbi Kiva as a minority opinion. The vast majority, everybody else says you need at least two, maybe three. You're following a minority opinion, and so therefore he was upset uh, with this rabbi for uh, for doing this. Okay, that's one suggestion. V by him, alternatively, who is he following? It's not Rabbi Kiva, but Kulunami uh, Yechidah Really, all three, uh, three things that this uh, rabbi did that was different than the norm Really, all three are following one particular position. That there's a brisa. Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi, says that he saw that there was a certain rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha, who did a chalita with all three, but he's a very unique minority opinion. And so he did it with this cloth that's usually used to support an amputated leg. He did this by himself, and he did it at night. He did all three things. This rabbi from the times of the Gemara is essentially, according to this explanation, following that position entirely. Well, he's a minority opinion. He's a minority opinion, and that's why Shmuel was upset with him. Okay, that completes the discussion of the first half of the Mishnah. So essentially, the first half of the Mishnah is about this dispute whether or not Chalitzik could take place at night or not. In the end of the day, the dispute revolves around is this viewed as the beginning of the court case or the end of the court case? If it's the beginning of the court case, it has to be by day. If it's the end of the court case, it must take place at... Uh, sorry, if it's the end of the court case, it could take place by day or by night. And why is this uh, chalitza uh, connected to monetary issues? It's connected to monetary issues because it impacts 
because it impacts the ksuba, the agreement to um, uh, the agreement uh, to, to pay her after her husband passes away, and it, and only for in a situation where she doesn't have children, so that would only take place after chalitza is done. Uh, just to point out, there is a discussion about while well, we find other areas of law where there's also a monetary um, ramifications. Uh, in terms of getting married and in terms of divorce itself, if it's not a case of chalitza, so the the act of marriage and the act of divorce has a financial ramifications. So maybe that should also only take place by day. So that itself is an interesting discussion. And beyond that, there's also discussion about um, nowadays that we have electricity. So there's some opinions that say that uh, now that we have electricity, so then maybe even by night you could start the court case, because the whole reason why you couldn't start it was because since it was nighttime and it was difficult to see and difficult to concentrate, so therefore that's why you couldn't do it at night. But now that we have electricity and we could see beautifully, so then maybe you could also do it at night. You could even begin it at night. And so therefore maybe, based on that, then maybe that's why a wedding could take place at night. Maybe. Uh, this is this is all part of a, a larger discussion. Okay, the second half of the Mishnah discussed the, the situation of what happens if you use the left foot, you take off the foot from the, the shoe from the left foot, and that was a dispute. According to the first opinion, it did not work. That was invalid. According to Rabbi Lazar, it did work. So the Gemara says, "My time is What's the reason to say that it doesn't work? Omar Ula Ula says, regal regal According to the first opinion, this, is, this says it's invalid. It's based on the connection of the verses that's connected again to the mitzorah. By the mitzorah, part of the um, part of the Purification process involves uh, anointing the leg and the thumb and the ear. And so it says the leg there. In that context, it's the right leg. And we have also leg by, the same word leg is found by uh, chalitza. So just like over there, it has to be the right foot. So to over here, it has to be the right foot. What about the second opinion who says that it doesn't matter? No, Rabbi Lazar, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have the same connection. He doesn't have the same... Uh, way of understanding uh, the connection between Mitzorah and um, Chalitza. And so therefore, the two words, uh, the fact that it's the same two words doesn't make a difference. The Gemara then asks, is that really true? Is that really true? Is this really true? But didn't Rabbi Lazar, for the other uh, body parts that's used for the mitzorah, the ear and the thumb and the leg, those are, that's what's anointed. So over there, by the by the ear, uh, because there's an extra word, it says ear multiple times, it's there to tell you that we can learn from there to other contexts. And so in other contexts, it means the right ear. So to in other contexts, it means the right ear. So seemingly, Rabbi Lazar does say that it's extra words. If it's extra words, so then the extra word foot should seemingly teach you that it needs to be the right foot in another context, and perhaps that other context is chalitza. So maybe Rav Lazar really does hold to this. So the Gemara gives two answers to this question. Amr, Rav Yitzchak, Bar Yosef, Amr, Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan says, Mukhlefa Sashita. You have to flip the, you're right, you have to flip the opinions. Because Rav Lazar, we just proved that Rav Lazar does think that you could uh, learn, extrapolate from these words that are found by Mitzorah to then apply them to other contexts. Really, in our Mishnah, we should really flip it. Say that the first opinion holds that it is in, it is valid. And Rabbi Lazar is the one that holds that it is invalid. Maybe we should do that. That's one approach. However, the second approach is, Rabbi Amar, don't flip it. Oz and Oz and Mufni, regal, regal, lo Mufni. 
Don't flip it. You don't have to flip it. And there's a difference between the ear and the leg. The ear we can extrapolate to other areas of halacha, of Jewish law, because uh, it's open. The, the only time you can make a, a connection to another area in Jewish law is if in that other area there's also the same word is also extra. It's superfluous. Because you have those two words that are superfluous according to Rabbi Lazar, at least this is unique to Rabbi Lazar, therefore you could extrapolate the law from one to the other. However, in this context, in our context of the regal of the foot by the chalitza, it's not extra. If it's not extra, so then I cannot extrapolate because we could ask a question to say that we cannot extrapolate because when it comes to the mitzvah, there's other areas of, there's other halachos, there's other laws that apply to it about uh, the purification process and what you have to take. You have to take the cedar uh, and different things that you have to take. So it's it's clearly uh, more stringent. It seems to be more stringent, and therefore we cannot extrapolate one to the other. In the end of the day, the point is that we have this dispute whether or not we could learn from the laws of Mitzorah to the laws of Chalitza to say that it has to be done with the right foot or not. According to the first opinion, at least the simple explanation of Amrishna is that according to the first opinion, it is invalid. You need to use the right foot. According to Rabbalazar, you could use the left foot. Now, just to conclude with the following, and then we'll continue with the next Mishnah, in the next recording, a new Mishnah, there's a big discussion. What happens if you're a lefty? If you're a lefty, what should you do? So some opinions say if you're a lefty, well, then you should use your left foot because that's the stronger foot. Others say that, no, even a lefty should use the right foot because in the end of the day, it has to be done with the right foot. Others say that you have to do both. Very interesting. You have to take off both of his shoes, both on the right foot and the left foot. And then there's a last opinion you would think maybe there's only two opinions here, but now we have four opinions. There's a last opinion that says that if you're lefty, you can't do anything. You can't do chalitza. There's no, we have no way of solving this problem because it has to be done with the right foot and it has to be the right foot is the stronger foot. But here, he's a lefty, so there you have no options. You can't do chalitza, according to some according to some opinions, if, if the person is a lefty. So you have all four different opinions. Um, I believe the Shulchan Aruch, I believe, was to try to take off both, feet, uh, both shoes from both feet. Okay, we will continue with the next Mishnah, new Mishnah in the next recording.